And welcome back, everybody, to Opportunity Knocks, the podcast for business people, small business owners, and everyday people who find opportunities and are looking to maximize leverage and take advantage of, of the situations that life presents itself. We had a great first episode the other day. This is episode two. I've got another dear friend. I can't wait for you guys to get to know who she is. I am here today with someone I feel should be on every single one of those 30 under 30 lists that we all see in our businesses. Um, I'm, I'm guessing you're still under 30, but I, I want to ask, I wanna, I okay, you, you said it. So <laughs> she's definitely, she should be at the top of these 30 under 30 lists. This woman is an absolute superstar. She uh, joined the quote unquote family business, followed her mom's footsteps and got into the, to the loan officer business. Uh, how many years now? Oh, probably like we're going on seven, I think. That's it. So under yeah. 37 years doing it. So this goes back to one of the conversations we had about my dear friend, Galen Trombley, 29 years old, nine years in the real estate business. So she is a successful loan officer who has managed to take advantage of the opportunities created by things such as social media, all things social media, to put them all under one umbrella. She is the 2019, the thing I'm most proud of her, <laughs> her with, she is the 2019 Leukemia and Lymphoma Society Chapter of Long Island Woman of the Year. Outstanding. Helped raise over $100,000 for cancer research, uh, all in the name of her, her niece, who is going through her second bout of chemotherapy as we speak. Or I'm hoping she's almost done. Almost, with Almost, yeah. Bone marrow transplant. So she's had the bone marrow transplant, all that kind of good stuff. And she is recently off the plane, back, to long, back home to Long Island, from a three-day event in Texas, Rachel Hollis's Rise event. And if you know anything about me, you know I was a conference junkie for years. I've backed off of that uh, over the last couple of years to spend more time on my business. But three days at any conference is absolutely exhausting, but it's also most likely extremely inspirational. Life-changing. So I want to in introduce everybody to Lauren Zambelli from Cliffco Mortgage, one of my dear friends and an absolute superstar. Thank you so Thank much you for coming, Lauren. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. It's, it's great to have you. So let's dive right into it. Let's talk about the event. Tell us, tell my listeners who Rachel Hollis is for those who don't know who she is. So Rachel Hollis is a entrepreneur who is completely self-made. I school graduate. One of her, um, I guess like fame quotes is that you could do anything with a Google search engine. Um, so she is totally self-made. She is um, super like woman empowering. That's like her message. Um, you could do anything you set your mind to, uh, self-love that's Rachel Hollis. Um, she was a super successful celebrity party planner and okay. that is kind of how she got her start at doing that and food blogging. And now she is, I mean, she has mogul tattooed on her wrist. And I have to say, like, I, I'm pretty sure she made it there. <laughs> so she's one of these people who's taken advantage of opportunities, successes and failures, really followed her dreams and just completely committed to her success. Yeah. And she's living it, yeah. which is, I think, why so many people love her. And, and you know, Rachel, I, not to stereotype, but yeah. I'm going to say Rachel's demographic is primarily female. Oh, let's yeah. start. Let's start there. And probably under the age of 40, if not younger as well. Yeah. I mean, um, this conference alone was about 8,000 women, okay. three men. <laughs> and <laughs> not I would, including her husband. Yeah, not including her husband. We're the guest speakers. A lot of those are men. Um, and I would say most of the room is under 40. Okay. Yeah. 
which is a good thing. You know, everybody it, it's, it, you know, the, the, the old phrase is riches and niches. Yeah. And, and that, that's a good one. You know, I'm, I'm not embarrassed to say I did read one of her books. We were talking about it yeah. briefly before uh, just to get a little bit of an understanding who she is. And I actually sent it to my daughter who's 20, uh, going to be 25 in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I think there's a lot of value uh, in those books. Yeah, And, and it, it's, it's nice from my standpoint as, as a 50 year old white male, almost 50 year old white male to say, you know, how's the other half living? What are people paying attention to? And mm-hmm. when you see someone make that much noise in what, to me, seemed like a very short, I mean, literally her rise to overnight. superstardom seemed like it was overnight. It was probably a 20 years in the making to make the overnight she, success. Yeah, she says like, she's been working on this for 15 years, relentlessly yeah. working on this for 15 years. But I truly believe, I mean, like her claim to fame happened in the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I think really, I, you know, I knew a little bit about her because I've seen her pass through the Vaynerchuk world right, a little bit. Right. Uh, but you really brought brought her full full force to my Yeah, attention. I feel like we're real life best friends, me and Rach. Yeah. And, and that's, a, you know, listen, I, I was watching a video for, and I haven't watched a lot of his stuff, but I was watching a video from Gary last night. And I'm like, son of a bitch, that's me. Yeah. You know, he's nine, he's nine years younger than me or seven years younger than me and born in, in, in Russia mm-hmm. over here. And so much of it is in common. And I think that, I think it's just the more we pay attention to things, the more we become self-aware, the more we realize so many other people have those same personality traits, so issues, problems, concerns. Life I see a lot of myself in her. So I feel like I gravitate towards yeah. her because I feel like she makes it seem like what I want to accomplish yeah. is possible because she did it herself. It's like depending on who you ask, everybody says you always need a rabbi in your life, <laughs> whether you're Jewish or not. <laughs> it's true. Gary was my rabbi for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, dad was my rabbi for years. Mom was my rabbi. Gary became my rabbi. I got a bunch of coaches, yeah. uh, you know, Dean Hartman, he did, Dean did more than his fair share of yelling at me over the years that we've done business. Yeah, and I, and, I, lo- and I love him. Well, you get the pleasure of working with him every day. I yeah. only see him once a month or talk to him once every couple of weeks. I mean, last time I got yelled at was yesterday. <laughs> but, you know, life would be so much different and less enjoyable if he didn't do it. Right? Yeah. At least that's what we got to tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. Dean's a good guy and, and one of the best educators of the mortgage industry that I've ever met. Which Definitely. Is why I've stayed so close to him over the years. Yeah. So let's talk about it. You, you go to this event. You're looking to come home with something. Tell us what it is that you, did you go, uh, let me take a step back. Yeah. Did you go there with a plan of action to say, this is what I want to come home with? Or did you just kind of immerse yourself and say, let's see what happens? So this is the craziest thing, but I went, and this might sound like petty, but I went with the like three specific things in mind. Good for you. One was, and this, but they aren't great things. <laughs> One thing was I was not leaving without a picture of Dave Hollis and me. Okay. Was not leaving without one. The second thing was I was not leaving without a signed autographed copy of her book. And the third thing was I wasn't leaving without tangible, at least one tangible thing I could send to action the day I got back to make a change towards where I want to go. Like at least just one. That's all I said to myself. I got to be honest. I absolutely love your list because (laughs) what you did there was working backwards. You took something that will make a difference in your business and your life. Yeah. You use the other and that's, the professional side, the personal side, which we don't give ourselves enough credit for all too often, you made it personal mm-hmm. and that drove you to get the third thing. So to walk out of there, to get the warm and fuzzy of shaking his hand, giving him a yeah, hug, exactly. getting an autograph. For me, that was important. It, it takes your level of emotion while you're there. And also I think it puts you in a position to say, look what I was able to achieve no matter how. Listen, some, for some people walking in the door and sitting 30 rows away right. from the roof was more than enough. Right. In your case, you wanted to get up, up close and personal and you, and yeah. you achieved that. So there's no such thing as little victories, you know, I, and I, I, I so commend, true. I commend you for going and that's kind of was a leading question. I commend you for going in with a game, a plan of action. 
Um, I learned, made the mistake all too many times. I'm going to this event and they do all these things and I'm going to do whatever happens when I get there. Yeah. And you get there and just get so overwhelmed. Over, I was just going to say overwhelmed and then you wind up leaving with nothing. And you, or you overanalyze everything, mm-hmm. you get paralyzed and you come home and you're actually in a worse spot than you were before you so went, true. not including the expense and the time that you gave mm-hmm. up to go do it. So well done. Bravo for, for that. I, I think that was fantastic. It was awesome. Plan. And I think three is always the magic number. You know, we, we look at everything we do and we say, well, you know, what are our core values? There's three. We're going to have to change that. But our core values, we have three and we, and we live and die by them. Our projects that we work on, what are the three most important steps? Nothing moves up the list until they start to get done. And and I think that rule of threes makes it um, easy enough to be accessible, realistic and if you focus on, there's so many more opportunities that could provide it as a result of doing any one of them well or poorly or anything in the middle. Yeah. And they always say you should, well, I always say I want to make them achievable, realistic, yeah. but very high up there. So, there you go. so let, let's go. Yeah. Good, good segue. You, you'd started to mention something earlier and I said, I want to back off. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it till we're live. Um, you were talking about goals. Mm-hmm. So why don't you start that conversation with me and let me listen and I'll chime in wherever you need me to. So one of um, Rachel's main mantras is that you should set 10 goals that will happen in the next 10 years that are so audacious and so crazy that if someone read them or you told someone them, they would laugh at you. They'd be like, Lauren, you are nuts. That's never going to happen. So um, I've been practicing that now for months. She has a start today journal that you could purchase, or she has a podcast that she did if you can't purchase it. And that's what I love about her is that you don't need to buy things to practice what she does. She gives it all away for free. And if you want to buy a cute journal, you can, but you could practice it and implement in your life without doing that. So while she was there, um, she went through the exercise of meditating and dreaming about what you want to look like in 10 years. And she tells you to get super specific. So she, it's not like I want to be rich. Like that's right. not good enough for her. Yep. It has to be, I want to make this amount of money. I want to have this amount in my bank account. And this is what I wear. And this is who I am. And this is how I act. This is what I like, you know. Do you I, put deadlines on those? So I usually do, but she she believes that you shouldn't because anything that's so audacious and crazy shouldn't have a deadline. Okay. Um, but she does say 10 years. So like you are trying to do something. Right, so there, there is a, there is a deadline yeah. on it. Okay. But she said, if you don't achieve it in the 10 years, it should just go on the next right. list. Um, so we did that and it was nice because I did go with my mom and my sister and they've never done that practice before. Okay. I do it every day in my book. Um, so it was really cool to see someone's firsthand experience at it, you know, putting that together. And it's so the practice itself is so scary. Like you're like, Oh my God, am I really going to be able to make this amount of money or do this or like fly private only and like all these things. Um, and you start to think like that negative voice gets in your head. Like you're never going to be able to do that. That's crazy. Self-talk. Yeah. And so we learned too, like, you have to just cut that out. Like you have to, you have to recognize when you're doing it to yourself and you have to squash it. As someone who I've watched your evolution in, yeah. in your professional career, um, you know, we always hear what we can't do, what we shouldn't oh, do. God. And, and if you watch and, and I'll probably, I said, I'm not going to air it, but there's a good chance I, I, I air the kind of the pilot episode. I had my 10 year old daughter in here. With I love me. that. Uh, you see I, me with my little yep, emojis. I, I put a one minute clip because that line is so important to me that the, so the, the, the lack of 
never using the word can't and believing that anything's possible. And I thank my dear friend, Brian Moses for really, you know, I always believed it. Uh, but Brian was one of my first real estate coaches almost 20 years ago. Wow. Um, and his story, I'm, I'm hopefully going to have him on here one day to tell his story because it's, it's, it's mind blowing for so many people. It should be. Um, but he instilled that practice in me and talked about when he met, uh, um, uh, Stephen Covey and his wife, and mm-hmm. they talked, they talked about that, that, uh, that process of creating the plan. And I fell down the rabbit hole again. Damn it. See, Corey, <laughs> it happens at least once every episode. But that's what he's known for. <laughs> I, I, I am because, because I have that, you know, it's like, I have that ADD issue where I start talking and all of a sudden the squirrel doesn't run around the room. He flies around the room like, Oh shit. Oh wait, he'll come back eventually and it'll get to me. Uh, <laughs> um, so we were talking about goals and can't and, and can't and you've always done a very good job from my standpoint mm-hmm. of just saying that I'm just going to keep doing and doing and doing and doing. And you're aware enough, you're self-aware enough of the fact that as long as you keep moving, you're improving. Yeah. If you're not moving forward, you're dying. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and that's what I always say is if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes and, and not to knock it, but uh, the skeptic in me, you know, right. the devil, the angel and the devil, the devil saying, well, you can keep moving forward, but there might be a cliff there. You never know. It's so true. But, but I, and that's why I look at it and say, there's always got to be an evolution and failure. There was a great book written called failure. Failure is not an option. It was written mm-hmm. about the guys who, who went to the moon. Um, I forget who the author was, but it was a great book. And for them, failure was an option because it was literally life and death. Right. You, know, you might have three guys blow up in the middle of space <laughs> and never see them again. Um, but I, fail, failure on a daily basis, on an hourly basis, I think is the greatest educational tool we could ever, we could ever leverage. Yeah. We always say that if you're not failing, you're not trying. That's exactly it. So along those lines, let's talk a little bit about your business and what you're doing to create opportunities for yourself. Now, full disclosure, uh, I I meet with your organization Mm -hmm. and, and a room full of realtors every month. Right. Uh, we have a great educational session for a couple minutes. We talk about opportunities. We talk about the state of the market, all those other things. And and Dean and company, you, you know, Dean and the Zambelli the trio <laughs> always bring us some fantastic information on the state of the market that we as real estate salespeople may not be as aware of. And we get a great education. Yeah, I love those meetings. But what I love that you've done is you, uh, Lisa, Larissa, Dean, you've decided to build your business off the back of relationships. Yes. So talk to me about why you chose to go that path and what you're doing to strengthen those relationships. So, I mean, since I'm little, I've, you know, watched my mom grow different businesses. She had a, you know, a floral shop at first and then she did mortgages and her mantra was always building relationships and closing loans. Um, because this business truly is not about, it's not about the loans, like the loan at the bare minimum, we should be, closing the loans well. Um, but it's really about the relationships. We are referral driven, like all our businesses from referrals and social media. Um, so that's really the core of our business and I want to enjoy what I do and relationships are important to me. And so, yeah. So let's go dive a little Mm -hmm. bit deeper in in explaining the the referral part of it. When you say referral, where are these referrals coming from? So, I would say 90% of my business is strictly from past clients. Okay. Yeah. And my real estate referrals. And that's where I was going with it. So you've got two verticals that you're, you're always working. You're working the past clients because you're friendly with these people and you know them. They already know I could do a good job. And you've established a relationship Mm -hmm. with them because you are not only good at your job, 
but you, you, and your mom has always been a superstar. And I, I'm, so, I'm so envious of, and I hate the word, but I'm so envious of the fact that she's so capable of doing that so easily. And it's such a challenge for me, but different personality yeah. types, but you've got your, your past clients who are referring people back to you. And then you, Dean and his entire organization has always been driven by creating relationships with realtors. Absolutely. What, so, so your business, and I, I don't, I don't want to define it for you. Jump yeah. in and tell me when to shut up. Your business is basically built on developing relationships with successful business people. Yeah. And I mean, even more so, I kind of like the real estate agents that are just getting started that are hungrier Amen. than hungry. Amen. I couldn't agree yeah. with you more because you can bring so much value to them up front, make their life so much easier and hopefully help them yeah. avoid that that cliff that most real estate agents fall off somewhere between the sixth and the eighth month. And I think month. that any, anyone who's willing to work hard will be more successful than someone that's been doing it for a long time. And I was care. so disappointed at a last meeting, the, the, the young woman who came in, I didn't, you know, I got a chance to talk oh, she's great. real quick, but I didn't even get to introduce myself to her because yeah. she had to run out so fast, which made me happy. She's, yeah. she's going no, and she's it a go getter. But I, I can't wait because I love, you know, one of the things that I love most, I, I'm still, I don't know the exact numbers, but I'm right around the peak age of the average realtor in this country. Yeah. I think I'm a little bit short of the average, You're to be younger. honest with you. Mm -hmm. uh, but I love all these young people who are getting into the business because they, it's like I say, having, having my fourth child kept me much younger than I was <laughs> because my, my youngest at the time, I think was, was 12, 13, 14 years apart. Right. I've evolved so much as a person being a dad to an infant again. I came in. Yeah, I can and imagine. I, and I look at, I look at all these young faces. I mean, you're sitting here, you're under 30. Corey's 23. We had Galen on the other day is 29. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just so exciting to see where life is going and how I'm the furthest thing from a millennial basher. I think <laughs> your generation is one of the greatest that's active right now. You know, you're never going to be able to, none of us are ever going to be able to compare to that greatest generation from right, the World right. War II days. Um, just because of the sheer amount of respect we have to have for what they did, none of us would be willing to do a tenth of what they yeah. do in most cases. I just think every generation has its own. I know, I know more 55, 50 and 55 and older schmucks than I, <laughs> than I do 30 and unders. And I, and I don't use that word lightly. Oh, yeah. I mean it, you know, there's a bunch of flakes everywhere. But those of you who do what you do, do it so well and have no fear uh, of failing in so many ways. Um, yeah, there, you know, there's still a lot of 28, 29 year olds living at home. I'm proud to say you're a homeowner, Thank your younger you. sister who just yeah. graduated college not too long just ago. Just bought her own house. Bought her own house. Crazy, I mean, this right? is, this is what it's all about. Talk about independence. Yes. You work together with mom and, and your dad's kind of tied to the industry as Definitely. well, being a former, former contractor and now in the, in, in the home yeah. engineering uh, inspection service business. But you guys also have to use the line you used earlier, that, that old school Italian mentality. You guys stay as tight as it could be. Yeah, we're super tight. But I think a lot of it's how we're raised. Like, that's why yeah. I was totally geeking out on your, po you know, your post of your daughter, <laughs> because my parents raised us to believe, like, truly, if you want to do it, you just do it. That's it. Like, there's no there's no thinking about it. There's no when I uh, got nominated for Woman of the Year, I went, you know, I, I went to my mom's office and I was like, Mom. I thought she was coming, you know, to ask me to run a marathon because I'd run a marathon previously with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society and I thought she wanted me to run another one. So uh, when she came in and nominated me for Woman of the Year and she asked me for my goal, I said, well, what did the number one woman in the, you know, the Northeast re region raise? Right. So she was like, oh, 120, I think. Okay. So I was like, all right, I'm going for 130. There you go. And uh, I went in and told my mom. <laughs> 
my mom is like, okay, let's do it. You know, and most parents don't have that reaction. So I think ra- being and a raised lot of with kids that mentality, don't get that reaction from their parents. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I think being raised with that mentality since I'm little, it just gives you a whole different outlook on life that most people aren't fortunate enough to have. And I'm so proud to say that I got the chance to be part of that team to oh, watch you fail so miserably because you didn't <laughs> hit your 130. You ended up with what, 108 and change? I know, but I couldn't even tell the 108 it without not, you. No, nah, that, that's not why I said it. It was, it was absolutely, I, and I love the fact that you set such a big goal for yourself because you wanted to be the best. And you know what? Yeah. So you failed miserably. You just put a hundred and something thousand dollars in the hands of people who are going to go out there and make a huge difference in hopefully not only the lives of the people who are here today suffering with it, but helping to, to, to cure cancer in the future. So we never have to deal with it. So I know. And it's crazy. Like, I love those kind of failures. They made, they put such a huge smile on my face and I, I, I gotta be, I was so goddamn proud for you. Thank I really you. was. It was a great time. And it's like, it's twofold because um, one was if you don't ever set audacious goals, right? I would have never raised a hundred thousand dollars. You know, like I would have never even came close to that if I didn't have a goal of 130. If I would have set, you know, just like a $50,000 goal, like everyone else was doing at the time, I, you know, maybe I would have raised 50, but I would have never went over that, you know? So I think one, it's important to set goals that maybe scare you because they'll push you to be something great. And then two, I was out the other night and uh, saw a few people from high school and sometimes we don't like to do that, yep. but <laughs> I saw a few people and I was amazed at their reaction towards woman in the year. And everyone knew that my goal was 130 and everyone knew I fell short, right. but everyone was like, Lauren, like, I can't tell you how much you've motivated me to go do something special because of what you did. And I, you know, sometimes I have to be honest. I'm like, wow, but you didn't, Lauren, you didn't hit 130. You know, I, I didn't but succeed then, at but that. But then you can goal. spin it as well and say, yeah. okay, of the eight people who were involved in this, in this fundraising effort over the course of 10 weeks, what was the grand total? 888, right? It, it was, like it that. was over, I think it was some like $105,000 or $110,000 on average per person. Yeah. Now the fact that, that ASAF had such an amazing run. And you want to talk about a guy who maximizes opportunities. You look at some of the events he did. Not many of the people involved in this thing could have done that. No, definitely. That is a man of influence who had huge, had a lot of people who had huge financial influence. Yeah. What I loved about it, I I couldn't have been happier for the guy. But what I loved about most of the fundraising efforts I looked at, it was the epitome of grassroots. Oh, yeah. It was, you know what, let's donate a couple bottles of booze or a bag of dog food or whatever and $5 here, $10 there. And towards the second half of the campaign, my goal wasn't to raise money. My goal was to raise awareness. And I was telling people, do me a favor, yeah. donate a dollar, donate a nickel. I don't care what it is. I mean, but the most of my campaign was and that's what, a few bucks yeah, at a time. You, you were the epitome. Of, I, I didn't get involved in any of the others. I saw Aesop from the outside. I didn't see what the right. other six did. But you, you were the heart and soul, the epitome of grassroots. And that, I think, the money is going to go such a long way. But the awareness that you created as a result of it, yeah. life-changing for people. And it was nice to hear people say like, I believe in myself. And, you know, I was talking to the person while I was out and he said, you know, I'm starting this app for small business owners. And he was like, and I swear to God, I wasn't going to do it until I saw you raise all that money. And I was like, whoa, like that's so yeah. cool to see the impact you have on other people. It's it's really what got me out of my comfort zone to start doing this. And, and while I appreciate all the kudos I'm getting for people and saying, you're doing a great job and we love it. That's nice. It's still very uncomfortable for me to do it. But I, but I, overcome that hurdle by saying, 
when knock the table over, <laughs> uh, by saying I, I, you know, I'll harp on it time and time again. I get out of bed in the morning every every day to make a difference, never to make a dollar. Yeah, I live a comfortable life. I'm not afraid to admit that. You know, uh, I work my ass off to to put my family in a position to not just have to survive but to thrive. Right, and I've been blessed. But I look at what I do now and say, how can I grow this? It's part of the reason why, you know, on a podcast run by a real estate broker or an agent here on Long Island, to hear them say, I never want to list another house or work with another buyer in that capacity <laughs> as a salesperson again, is potentially career suicide. But the reality of it is I want to run a company where I can help other, if I, you know, in my capacity, there's only so many houses I can help sell, a year, right. help people sell, sell a year. And I don't sell them. They do. I facilitate, mm-hmm. but if I can help five, 10, 20 agents do what, learn, learn what I've done and take the, the leverage, the systems and opportunities that I'd love to, to work on now, that's what I, I think I'm best at, mm-hmm. you know, who am I? That's a disservice to everybody else if I don't create that. So stepping away from sales, while it may be challenging and frightening and scary as hell, I still run the damn company. And my name is on the door for a reason. You know, when we talked about changing the company name, we came up with 20 different ideas and none of them hit me here. You know, none of them were close to home. Uh, and I, and, and I sat there and I said, well, shit, if Charles Schwab could do it and JP Morgan could do it, yeah. why the hell can't I? So true. And then to take it one step further, when things get screwed up and I have a hundred agents working for me, there's only one name on the door that people are going to place the blame on. And that's me. Right. And that's the role that I want. No, it's the so successes true. always belong to the people who are out there getting their hands dirty in the field every day. The failures are 100% my responsibility. Yeah. And I think that's part of what I love about Dean and, and the three of you over, over at Cliffco, uh, why I've been so committed to working with you guys and, and, and consistently being involved in your lives because there's something special there. So, Let's get yeah. back to this. Let, let's yeah. get back to a little bit more. So any, any specific goals that you are willing to share publicly? Yeah. I learned let's that we go. should share them publicly Thank you. Um, because we're putting them out in the world to manifest. Yep. <laughs> so when they do come true, we could come back to this podcast. But um, I, so it was funny because I was weary about telling people the goals. And then I saw Rachel Hollis get on stage with 8,000 people and call her shot that she only flies private. And, you know, she has an, a national name brand at Target and all these things. And I was like, heck, if, you know, if one person could do it, so can I. Um, so my goals, um, just to give you a few of them, I want to be a seven figure earner in the next five years. Um, okay. So, you know, we're supposed to write them down as I am a right. seven figure earner. Um the other thing that's really important to me is I am a motivational speaker. I speak on stages nationally and I help women grow their businesses and improve their lives. Um, I have built a home that okay. is like something that's really important to me. Um, I have taken my family to Europe and Very paid nice. for their trip to Europe. So there's, um, I have 10 that are really, really important, but I think, and they sound crazy, you know, they sound crazy. Like right now when I think about them, I'm like, whoa, like that's nuts. But she, she really breaks it down in a way that you think like, if I write them down, it could, ha- you know, it's going to happen. I, I've never been, I, when, when the book, The Secret came out. Yeah. I had read stuff by a lot of people who were involved in that, that book when it first mm-hmm. came out. And conceptually, I got it. But I had also been living in that lane for a long time. So I got it from a very different standpoint. And they looked at it and said, if you, you know, reading Napoleon Hill for years, what the mind can believe, you know, if, if you think it, if you think it, you could live it. If you, you know, yeah. what, 
uh, what the hell's the line? If what the mind can achieve and what the mind can believe it can achieve or yeah. something along those lines, but that's basically it. Well, she says it's so important how you write it. That's and, exactly and that's what you're point. saying. Too many people look at the, the quote unquote, not, not to knock the secret, but yeah. to, to knock that and say, Hey, you know, like I, I hear Gary say all the time, I'm going to sit here and dream and say to myself over and over, I have a billion dollars. I have a billion dollars while you're laying on the beach in Jamaica smoking weed. Yeah, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> of course you know? not. But, but, you know, having that plan and, and believing it and seeing it every day really helps you always, you know, on those bad days when you, when you're laying in bed and you don't want to get out of bed in the morning, you look at it and say, I want to make a difference. So true. It becomes about something, someone else, something bigger. And, and I think, human nature most of us want to be a part of something bigger yeah and i mean we were able to break it down which is so nice because not only is it the way you write it it's not i'm i'm i hope to have you know a million dollars earning or whatever it is it's i will and it it lets your brain focus yeah it lets your brain focus on how you're going to achieve it and how you're going to hurt all the you know the like i guess I don't know, all the hardships that come up along the way. But she gives you a roadmap too, which is nice in the conference. You only pick one to work on first. Okay. So the one that I picked on was my health and fitness. Um, So for me, it's a specific way I feel. It's a specific way I jump out of bed. It's a specific weight I want, you know, I want to accomplish. So um, she gives you this roadmap. You focus on one thing at a time and you just chip away at each thing. And I think even in terms of loans, like in my main business, I wrote down, I close 20 loans a month. But for me, like right now, I'm not doing that type of business. But for me, knowing that that's where I'm going, it helps me daily, even with the practices I'm going to do daily. Like, am I talking to enough people? Am I following up with enough past clients? Am I meeting enough new people to get those loans? You take all those micro steps that are necessary to achieve the big one. You become more and more aware of them. They become habitual for you. Exactly. And the habits... Are the, the thoughts the things that create the habits? There's several steps, but you go from thoughts to habits to your successes. And and that's where it comes from. And she's not saying nothing new. Like, no. you know, like her message is not something I've never heard before, but I happen to like her. So I like the way she right. presents it. She's charismatic. Yeah. Her, she's very like engaging. So, that, you know, I like, so it's nothing new, but to have it written down and have a plan is really nice. She does. Um, and actually I have a blog coming up for, um, this, but she does like a five for thrive. Okay. Um, and then I'm also giving a class for, I saw, five that, for I saw that yeah, so that's great. we're going to do a personal development class for free in the office. Cause I just feel like a lot of people can't afford a conference. It's the first step. Well, there's the second step to your speaking engagement. Yeah. I have my first official paid speaking gig in you go. Chicago. So that's, that's going to be like my you. first one. But so five for thrive is just five steps that you do daily to change your life. And she said that those five things change her life the most. That's what she equated mm-hmm. to the most type of change and most success. Um, so they're getting up an hour earlier and spending that time strictly on yourself. Um, getting in 30 minutes a day of physical activity, because when you move, you change your mind. Um, drinking your body weight in ounces of water because yep. <laughs> if you're not hydrated, yep. you're not living. Um, she talks about, you know, there, there's a lot of things and uh, I'll post my blog, you know, with the live. Yeah. And we'll, we'll share that before we yeah. finish here and then we'll link it up so that if anybody out there has an interest in seeing what you do, um, you know, Lauren provides an incredible amount of value. She launched her own personal blog that, yeah. that ties in her personal and her business and all her other aspirations as well. Uh, but it is, for lack of a better term, it kind of leans towards lifestyle and, yeah. and development. More lifestyle and development. Um, it definitely goes through everything that I yeah. do. And there's a lot of first-time homebuyer tips on there as yep. well, mortgage tips. 
But really, it's got to be who we are. You know, we yeah. got to be who we are in the office and outside the yeah, office. Yeah, but like what kind of sets my soul on fire is really helping other people yep. grow their businesses and, you know, kind of leading the way in that area. So that's what, it's what, on. It's what led to. So one of the things wh- where I really became infatuated with the things Lauren was doing was early on in us getting to know each other, you took it upon yourself to put together classes for real estate agents yeah. on how to, uh, on, on how to as simple as setting up a business page on Facebook. Yeah. Cause it's um, important. Yeah. And, and you're willing to do the things that are what those of us who've been doing it for a long time may look at as remedial. And it was, I'll never forget. I'd gone to the same class that you'd done three times in a yeah. row. And you finally said to me, what the hell are you doing here? You know, you, you're doing so much more. And my response was, I'm, I'm auditing what you do so that we can come up with an idea to build something bigger and better. Right. And we made our first attempt and I wouldn't say it failed, but it definitely did not succeed. We put together, no, but we have on, to pivot. And that's exactly it. As you noticed yesterday's podcast was our pivot was our pivot today's is on there yeah. i'd love to stream it live but we've got enough phones and things recording right yeah. now that that's down the road but i i think that's it is we you know we looked at those opportunities to get back to the title of the show and say how do we put people in a position to succeed and it's never about i i think what connected me to you is what we do is never about the financial success no it's about the victory of you know i i I love the book by Donald Miller called Building a Story Brand. I've been reading it a lot and and Mm -hmm. I tear it apart chapter by chapter now, but it's telling the story of other people. And it's why, you know, it's why the the green gremlin Yoda is sitting (laughs) on my, on my table here. Um, We are, I'm very comfortable never being the hero. My role, what makes me happiest is being the guide in other people's processes so that they can have the successes and the victories and celebrate and be the hero. Right. And I can go back to the swamp like Yoda and say, I'll live another 400 years until the next Luke Skywalker comes along and needs my help. Um, So I I think what you are doing is very much in that line. It's you're, you're deepening your relationships with the people you serve in the office by teaching them but you're putting them in a position to succeed and you've taken it to so many different levels that you've done 201 and 301 type courses, whether people realize it or not. And you're always looking to create educational opportunities. Or even just opportunities for people to meet each other. Like the high heel happy hour was so important to me because there's no one doing like, you can't go meet 25 to 50. Now we're getting into like groups of 60 and 70, but we, you can't go and meet business owners that are like-minded and there's nowhere to do that for free. So I just feel like and it's not you got to give. It's not the old school networking. Everybody no. walking with fifty business cards and say, "Who can you help? Who can, yeah, you, who no. can you send me?" Um, you know, I I joined the networking group for the first time in my life recently. Did we're you going, really? Yeah, uh, a woman by the name of Valerie Lamp runs a, runs a company called Elephant Networking, and she's oh, cool. incredibly outside the box. And I, I did an interview with her at your office, and she refused to be on camera. So we got some great content. But all you see is her elbow every once in a while <laughs> in the screen. And I told her, I said, you're getting in front of the camera and you're sitting in that She'll chair She'll get with me. there. But, um, you know, and it's an it's a obstacle she has to overcome. But she's a brilliant, brilliant woman. And I met her. I heard her on someone else's podcast. And mm-hmm. that guy connected us in the, the wonderful world of networking. But we were talking and I said, I'm not a fan of networking groups. And they've never worked for me because not that they don't work. They don't work for me. What happens between these two ears is, is very different, I think. Um, so we got to talk and I said, if I could walk into your event, she said, what would it take to get you to get involved with us? And I said, well, I'm going to walk in that room. And my only question after the introduction is, hey, you know, hey, I'm Dean. Hey, you're Lauren. Who's your ideal client? Who's your target audience? Right. 
I don't want to, who, who do you know that's buying or selling a house? If someone walks up to me, you know, if, if, if I were to walk up to someone and say that and they didn't punch me in the face, I'd be offended. <laughs> it's not what I do. It's, so, you know, back in the days when we used to cold call, $8,000. Do you know anybody looking to buy or sell in the next six months? And we got a lot of FUs for a reason because we were bringing no value. Right. So now you walk into those, those events and you say, okay, who, who can I put you in touch with to better serve you? You have to be like a little matchmaker. And, and that's exactly it. Again, I used the word facilitate before, yeah. but it's the same thing. Uh, and at the, the first event we went to, I met a guy who's a dog trainer. I met a guy who's in credit repair. I met a divorce attorney. Uh, I met a guy who's in the media business. I met two other brokers. And not once did anybody in that room say, who do you have for me? It's what are you looking for? Yeah. And we'll get at least three podcast guests or vlog guests out of that first meeting. That's awesome. Um, I've already sent two possible referrals out um, that could had the potential to be five figure deals for these people if they if they're mm -hmm. able to convert the client. And I'm I'm there to help them do that if they want. Um, and I just look and say I I just want to make more noise to create more opportunities to see where we could be a benefit to people. I just really think in this day and age, especially going into 2020, if you're not actively seeking out how you could help other people grow their businesses, you're not going to be successful. You're never going to grow your own. It's like a really a mentality. And I truly believe like givers gain. Yep. And I'm going to put out like my mission in life is just to put out all the free content and all the live video and all every single free thing I could put out to help people. Mm -hmm. Because I truly believe it'll come back to me in tenfold. I couldn't agree and, with you more. So yeah. when, when we were going through the exercise of doing our vision and our mission and our core values uh, a couple months ago, we talked about it and someone challenged me and said, can you help 10,000 families in 10 years? And instantly the first thought most people in my shoes as a salesperson would say, can I sell 10,000 houses? <laughs> the second he said that to me, my, I, I swear it maybe took three seconds. If that long, I said, without a doubt. Right. He's like, quote, that's a ballsy thought. <laughs> like, well, you got an, and I looked at him, I said, I don't plan on selling 10,000 houses. I don't plan on selling 5,000 houses that can impact. I said, to be honest with you, I don't care how many I sell. What drives me? I had a chance to meet uh, Eric Thomas, the hip hop preacher okay. in, uh, in Vegas at a conference in January. I think it was January of this year. It might've been January last year. I don't even remember anymore. Um, but he was on stage and he's like, who's got what? And he, cause he said to go back to your point earlier, mm -hmm. who's got a BHAG? And half the room looked around like, what is that? And yeah. I stood up right away and put my hand up. Big, 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 hairy, audacious goal. And he looked That's at me one. and he goes, brother, what is it? I said, I want to figure out a way to solve the homeless veteran problem in this country. Yeah. And he looked at me, he was like, done. I don't need to hear anybody else's. Had I done that a little bit later, it would have had a different impact. But afterwards he called me over and we spent some time off, off, off to the side of the stage That's talking awesome. and you know, Eric's got multi-million dollar followers, uh, multi-millions of followers yeah. out there, not dollars. Uh, <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> but he, he, he's got a few bucks of his own. He's got a phenomenal story as well. Um, but I wasn't a huge follower of his. He just happened to be the keynote there. And I'd heard of him and seen some of his stuff. It's hard not to when you're in my business to, to not see some of his stuff come across uh, on, on the web. Right. Um, and he said to me, how do you plan on doing it? So getting back to my point. You know, whether I start a foundation, whether I partner with someone else, whether I fundraise for them, I, I look at everything and say, what impact did I have on every sale I do? I look at how many families, you know, we just, we just closed a deal a couple of weeks ago where uh, 
mom's mom's in her nineties outlived her reverse mortgage, yeah. her value wow. to the bank. Um, you know, which, and please don't take that the wrong way, but this is the way the bank saw it. Yeah. She's upside down on the mortgage. So we ended up helping her. What we did there, we had an impact not only on the investor who bought it and the people who were going to buy it from him, mm-hmm. but we had an impact on the daughter who was managing, managing the quote unquote estate and her yeah. finances. We had an impact on mom. We also had an impact on, on all the other grandchildren right. who got to say, exhale, we don't have to worry about it anymore. Now I'm not going to micromanage and count every one of the family members there to put them on my, on my checklist of, of, you know, my, my tally sheet, but yeah, we had a massive impact and we got paid a few bucks, but we made a huge difference. She, you know, the daughter no longer has to worry about the financial responsibility. She can worry more about mom having the right quality of life. And that was one of the things that tore her apart every day. So, you know, I, I look at those things and say, that's, that's where it comes from is how do we, how do we put people in position to be comfortable and happy? And I feel like the general public is much smarter now too. Like they're seeing through people who aren't doing yeah. things to genuinely help people. They're not, you know, like you and can't they're also fake it see, anymore. They're also seeing through the people who are doing things to help other people, but they're only doing that as a front. For the wrong reasons. You yeah. Know? And like I when, think when it's Tom's apparent. came, when Tom's the shoe company came out and said, for every pair we sell, we're going to give a pair away. Yeah. That was authentic. Um, there was a, a food company that did something similar to it. But then all of a sudden you had all these frauds that came out and said, well, for every one of these you yeah. buy from us, we're going to donate a dollar here. Like and people oh, want to see the real thing. Yeah. I mean, I think in a in a society where we're just hit with so much media, so yep. much social, so yeah. much. And, you know, people could see through the people who aren't authentic. And I, I don't know if recently you saw on my Facebook story, but I posted like it was such a bad day. <laughs> it's such a bad day. <laughs> and I think for the most part, I come oh, on you social. Went on, went on a rant, right? yeah, yeah, I came. I I'm always that. on social like live your best life and, you know, work hard. And if you're not failing, you're not trying like all these things, you know, like I truly believe that stuff and I live that way and I'm empowered, you know, I try to empower people and work hard. But when you're doing those things, you have just as many days that you're like, Oh my God, like, can someone just give me a break? Like, you know, and you're down and you're, you're negative and all these things and no one ever shows that. So I got on there and I was like, guys, this day was terrible. (laughs) Like, yeah. (laughs) And I can't believe the amount of just engagement and messages I got from people like, wow, thanks so much for sharing that because you make it seem like, you you know, not you specifically, but people make it seem like they have such a perfect life. And there's no one out there that is not going through like struggles and days. No. And I just think on every given yeah. day, someone's going to have some kind of pain point. Yeah. But no one ever, I feel like not a lot of people yeah. talk about uh, it. And I, and, and that goes to another word that I've used a lot lately is transparency. Yeah. You know, I, I'm still learning, you know, I'm, I'm a digital nomad. I've wandered into your world. You guys are the natives born <laughs> into it. You don't know life without it. Um, that's just the, the way that it is chronologically. And I, I look at it and say, okay, I have all these moments, all these opportunities to share. And I'm not used to grabbing for the phone every 22 minutes to say, another success, another success. Ah, shit. I fell on my face. Right. I, I, I don't know who it was. We would, we had a conversation somewhere and we were talking about documenting your day and, and Twitter. It might've been while Corey and I were out in California, we talked about somebody tripping and falling down and saying, Oh shit, I fell down, got back up. You know, <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, it might it might have been Gary, but but it you know those those are the things, and I look at that and say the opportunities where I have my struggles and my failures all too often could lead to laughter, and since the day you know, my my brother would have turned forty seven yesterday, uh, passed away ten years ago, uh, but I'll, I'll never forget at at 
after 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 the funeral, we went back and had huge room full of people. And I got I got a, I was asked to get up and say a few things, and I looked around the room, and there were and it was an incredible crowd. I mean, we had he had a line down the door for for two days at the wake. Um, but I got on the mic and I said, if you do anything in life, the one thing I could tell everybody is when you get out of bed in the morning, have the, have the intention of laughing at something every day, preferably yourself and go out of your way to make someone else laugh or smile every day. I love that. And if you do that, life never sucks. You can deal with the bed, you know, situations happen. We got to figure out how to take advantage of the opportunities to make a difference. I think that and gratitude I've learned. I think that's what it is. Because, you know, it's gratitude in general and the practice of gratitude has literally shifted my entire life because I now make it a mission every day. I wake up and write the 10 things I'm most grateful for. And they're not, they're not big things. They're not like, Oh, I'm healthy. It's more like I had the perfect cup of coffee or there was no traffic on the way to work or just little things. Live in the moment. And I can't tell you, it's shifted everything. Cause now instead of looking for the things that happen that are bad, I'm constantly seeking out the things that are good. And you appreciate them that much more. And you, yeah. And you yeah. see it and it's just like, it makes, it definitely makes a big difference. I think if anyone's struggling with, you know, being positive and finding things to be grateful for, I think that's a really good. I watched the practice. guy the other day, uh, Jay Siano, who's uh, from Sabre commercial real estate and Jay's, Jay's a character. Uh, I'd, I'd like to, I'd like to get him on here or get in to do one with him because he's just, he, he's a wild man, commercial real estate rock star. Uh, and, and, and I mean, rock star, huge company saver. Awesome. Um, and he's, and he, he, he makes my efforts on social look like I do it once every year. He's on it <laughs> nonstop. His stories sometimes are 30 or 40 posts long, but he was driving around, went to Starbucks, didn't order anything, cut everybody off at the, at the window and went up to the window. Uh, no, pulled up. And he says, I want to pay for everybody's stuff. By the time he got to the window, half the store employees were standing out there. He had the camera. They were all cheering and rah, rah. And That's awesome. He paid for somebody and then someone else ordered. And he said, let me pay for them too. And like little things like that. The guy who's got, you know, who, who's got more than enough money in his pocket to buy five, six cups, cups of coffee, just decided to do something and he shared it. Yeah. And I look at that and I was always of the mindset, you know, what I do charitably, I've got to keep quiet. It's for me because I don't want to come across as being brag, you know, bragging. Yeah. Um, but I've completely flipped that. It's like, I want everybody to know everything I do because there's a reason for it. And maybe I can inspire you to contribute to my cause and jump on my bandwagon, or maybe I can inspire you to get off your ass and go do it yourself for something that's important. That's to what you. I think is most important because yeah. I try to do that every Friday. I call it pay it forward Friday yeah. and I'll try to pay for something somewhere for somebody. And, um, I never usually share that, Mm -hmm. but then I realized like you really should start telling people that because I think there is a message and people see that and hear that and they start doing things themselves. There's so much power in it. Yeah. It really is. I just think, I don't know, especially with social nowadays, it's really nice when people put out positive messages. I feel like it brightens everybody's day. Yeah. And and if you don't like it, don't watch it. That's okay. You know, going back to that self-awareness thing, there's always going to be that troll out there, but it's, it's funny. The more this becomes the norm for the older generations, the less trolling you see. I got to meet uh, Trent Shelton okay. at uh, The Rise. Okay. And he was a keynote and he said, like, if you don't have haters, you're not doing something right. <laughs> I, it was it was how I got my start in this business. I used to yeah. literally walk around the office some days with a, with a, a bullseye target taped to my back <laughs> saying, come after me. You know, and I, and I used a lot of bad words yeah. back then, but and I'd he, walk around the office and call everybody bad words and say, awesome. somebody come after me. He was like, there are people who haven't been converted yet yeah. to your side of the fence. Like 
and it, and they may so not true. they may not ever be converted to your side of the fence, but the hope is that they would convert themselves away from the negative side of the fence and find something positive most on the people, other side. And I feel like most people who show hate directly towards you, they're just in their own, they're you know, losing their, own their own head. Pain. And, you know, they have their own things going on. I always, I don't, I don't know. I always feel bad for people yeah. like that. And, and I, I, and I, and that's what I love. I think that's where the mind shift of society is going to happen is, you know, to completely change a society, you got to start with the youngest ones and hope yeah. that one catches on and can have an impact on others. We can't change. You know, you look at the world we live in now, no matter which side of the aisle you vote for, everybody hates everybody. Uh, eventually that hatred, hopefully will all just die off and move right off into the sunset. And the younger ones who will come in and be realistic will come along and say, Hey, you know, there's opportunities for us to work together. I just like the fact that there are so many people looking to make a positive improvement yeah. in their life. Like even those 8,000 women in that room, none of us, like we didn't vote the same way. We didn't look the same mm -hmm. way. We didn't have the same religion, but at the end of the day, everyone and the community and that came together. It had like, a commonality. It was crazy. And to feel that energy in a room, that's why people say they're so hyped up when they come back from yeah. the conference, because to look around and say like, I have literally nothing in common with most of the people in here. But the fact that, I mean, people are getting tattoos while we're there. Like it was insane, you know, and you know, Rachel joked around. She's like, everyone's you're going to come home and everyone's going to think you joined a cult. That's and, how we started this conversation. Yeah. And I could see why, but like to feel the energy of like, like there's so much potential and power that's in a room of like, especially women, because, you know, for the, the narrative for most of the, you know, most of my life, is that women don't do the same things men do. So it was just so nice to see like, just like even the women empowerment and to think like what the world's going to look like if we're teaching our children right. and our, our young like women how to be like more confident and live into their own self yeah. and not worry about their stretch marks or their, you know, like it was just really cool to see, you know, kind of the just narrative. Yeah. The narrative yeah. change of like the future. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're getting close to the end here yeah. if we haven't already run over. So <laughs> Probably let's, let, let's start here. Let's talk about you, how, you know, talk about your, your website quickly, how people can get in touch with you, how people can follow you. Cause we, I believe that you're doing things that deserve a bigger audience than you have. Thanks. And I want to give you the opportunity to share that with people. So oh, yeah, I appreciate um, that. your website. So my website is livewithlala.com. L-I-V-E. Yeah. W-I-T-H-L-A-L-A.com. Yeah. And on that, you've got. That's me. So you're going to see, um, you know, my mortgage stuff. If you have any mortgage okay. related questions or need a loan or some credit help, um, you're going to see all my lifestyle stuff. Um, any classes I'm giving are on my calendar there. You'll right. uh, see the video, get to know me and just kind of my life. That's my, you know, okay. my blog. And Lauren, Lauren works for a company by the name of Cliffco Mortgage, which is yeah. based out of Westbury, right on, right on uh, Old Country Road, right off, yeah. right off the, uh, the Wanto Parkway. <laughs> Convenient to get to. She does most of her classes at the office yes. there. Uh, so check out, check out her website. If you're in the real estate business, um, you definitely should connect with her. Follow her on social. Find her. You have, I'm, I'm assuming you have all your social links on your website. Yeah, you could uh, find, sure. definitely <laughs> find me on my, you know, my website does everything, but I do have a personal and a, uh, a mortgage yeah. just for people to understand. I have live with Lala on Instagram and then I have LZ mortgages, which is me, my mom, and my sister. Okay. And that is strictly mortgages. So if you're a real estate agent and you have capacity to handle some conversations with a really good lender, I highly recommend that you at least give Lauren uh, a conversation or the time for a conversation. Uh, grab a cup of coffee. She's another caffeine junkie, like several <laughs> others that I know out there. I refuse to be that person, but I get it. Um, 
But if you're aspiring to be something, we hope that uh, Lauren's story here and the conversation that we stirred up inspires you to take action on something. Um, you know, life is full of opportunities, both good and bad, but all too often, many of them are what you choose to make of them. So true. Um, Lauren has taken advantage of the opportunities presented to her to create great opportunities for other people. Uh, she's creating great success. She's creating great stories and she's creating, um, um, incredible things happening for so many people. And she's going to turn, she's going to turn her current day successes into massive successes. I have no doubt about that. Uh, it's, it's the one regret. One of the few regrets I have about my daughter living in Chicago is that she's not here to spend more time with people like you. I know she'll and have I, to come when I go to Chicago, I'll have to go find her. Yeah, And I, and I told you that I, I want you guys to connect because I think you could, you could just help her with so many things. And I think there's some value she could bring to you as well. Uh, and I, and I love, I love seeing those kind of connections happen. So Paige, if you're listening, <laughs> start paying attention to Lauren. She's coming to get you. Yeah. Um, what else you got going on? So you got, you've got the classes in the, in the office that you're the doing. The next class that I have coming up is going to be the personal, personal development class. Okay. It's free. All the classes I give are free. Where um, can people find out about that? That's going to be on, that's on my website and that is in my Instagram. Okay. Um, if you go to the link on my Instagram profile, um, you just have to sign up, put your email in and that's going to be great. I'm going to go into detail about five for thrive, what to do Good. and tangible, tangible things. You're going to steal Corey and you're going to document some of that stuff yeah. so you can share it and spread the, <laughs> spread the message, please. Thank you very Absolutely. much. Like we always say, we're, we're trying to help everybody and anybody we can. So whatever resources we have, whenever we, we can, can share them uh, with other people, we are more than happy to lend out our services um, on occasion. And if you have a bigger need, we've got some other solutions. We're more than happy to put you in touch and help you out with that. Well, that's one of the greatest things about you though. In all seriousness, you practice what you preach. So you talk about giving and whatever else, but you actually do it, which is yeah, nice. Well, it, you know, <laughs> it, it, it makes, it makes, it almost makes me happier to see, you know, the, the data Corey did the video, it's kind of the summary of, uh, of, of the fundraising and all and yeah. I saw that final product. I looked at it and I, and I jokingly said to myself, damn, if you can only create content that good for oh me, God, well, it's, on my pay, it's on my payroll. But then I looked <laughs> like, at it and Corey. I said, but it, it, it's, you know, I, I, I am so blessed and, and I've said it and I, I don't say it to embarrass them. I'm so blessed to have found uh, Corey at the time that I did. I'm so grateful for Ed Turney for introducing me to him. Uh, hopefully we'll see Ed tomorrow night. I'm so grateful for Gary Vaynerchuk for putting together his four D's, which is how I met Ed. And yeah. I just look at all those dominoes that kept falling down to get him here. And you know, he's doing, unless he's lying through his teeth to me, he's doing what he loves and I watch him work and there's nobody more passionate you could about tell. their job. You yeah. can tell because you get the videos and you're like, Oh my God, that was exactly what I had in my head. I barely ever make an edit. I, what, <laughs> what I did yesterday, I asked him to do one thing. I said, there were four, four words on the top line and one on the bottom. I said, do me a favor, move the word core down next to the word values and have it as the second line. And that was it. That's like the biggest change I think I've, I've requested in the longest time. We have to do a whole podcast with Corey. He's my BFF. We're, <laughs> we've, we've talked about it. We're going to get him on this side of the camera and I, I want to do a podcast with him. But I think eventually what I'd like to do as well is do a round table with a bunch of people Definitely. who've done this, who, you know, at the more we do it, you, you, you know, you're in the inner circle and I know there's others out there who, who would be a great fit for it to talk about networking. Yeah. Let's put six mics around a table and crack open a bottle of wine, a bottle of bourbon, and let's see where, you know, shit will fly everywhere. Let's see what sticks where. And the ideas that you got I from think that. The just... mastermind, you know, to go back to Napoleon Hill, the power of the mastermind, you put two smart people in a room together, you got two smart people. You put 10 smart people in a room together with a common cause you've got the minds of a thousand people. Yeah. 
you know, and I, I just think the leverage from that, which is why I'm always looking to talk to people. It's not that I, I'd love the sound of my own voice. It's I'd, I'd love to learn. Same reason why I always said, you put me on a stage in front of a thousand people. I guarantee you, I will learn more than all thousand of you combined in, in the 10 minutes you give me on stage. I read something at, uh, after the conference. They said that public speaking is the number one fear in the world over death and spiders or yeah. whatever else. And I was like, whoa, yeah. like I didn't know I, that. I hate it, but I, but I know what I can get out of it when I'm given the opportunity to do it. I will stand there and sweat bullets, but I promise you, you'll get everything out of me. It's crazy because it makes me even know like now I'm really meant for that because that doesn't scare me at all. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that's crazy. I, I always knew you were strange, but yeah. that's, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> strange is a good thing. You know, I got family down in Austin. Mm-hmm. It's just a weird little city. Everybody's strange down there. The normal people walk in and everyone looks so at them cross true. I want to thank you so much for your time. I know we we've over, we've definitely overstayed the length of time we planned on doing this, but I just think there's so many, there's so much great value that you bring to the table and yeah. you, you bring the best out of me. And I just truly appreciate everything you and your family and, and Dean and the world that you guys come from has, has brought to the table because it's opened my eyes to so many things. And I just want to thank you so much for being here. Thank Ladies you and gentlemen, me. my dear friend, Lauren Zambelli, <laughs> follow her, give her a little thumbs up, go, go see what she's doing. Pay attention. Uh, And let's see what we can do to create opportunities and make a difference. Have a fantastic day.